Well, I tell you, it's just good to be here. And I say that, but it is. Amen. You know, coming, it seems like the devil fights you to stop everything. and But that's just a sign that God has something in store. Amen. I know you've been praying. I can tell. I've been doing this long enough. I can look at a congregation. And I know at least half of you have been praying. Amen. You've been preparing. I've been preparing. And I know God is wanting to speak to us, brother. And we want to hear from Him. Amen. The Word of God. The Word from God for now. Amen. I have been before God. I didn't get this off the Internet. I didn't read it in a book. I sought the Lord. I said, Lord, what would you say to this congregation at First New Testament Church, this very beginning service? And that's what I want to bring to you tonight. Would you stand together with me tonight as we go to the Word of God going to be reading out of Proverbs in your Bibles, chapter 29, in the Word of God. And I was reading this passage of Scripture, not looking for a sermon, but just in Bible reading. Very familiar passage of Scripture. And I, I do believe the Holy Spirit of God zeroed my attention in on this verse that I'm going to read to you tonight. And I'd like to pray, and I'd like to ask you to pray with me as we come to the Word of God here tonight. Father, we just thank you for the worship. We thank you for this night. Thank you for each one that's here. And Lord God, that as we approach your Word here tonight, we thank you that you watch over your Word to perform it. Lord God, it's not the Word of a man, but it is the Word of the living God. And I ask, Father, tonight that every spirit of kindreds of any kind that would try to come into our minds or our hearts, Lord, be gone in the name of Jesus, and that our hearts and minds be ready to hear and to receive your word. We thank you for the anointing, not only to speak, but anointing to hear. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Proverbs 29. I'm going to read verse number 18 in your Bibles. Proverbs 29, 18. The Scripture says in this passage, very familiar, Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. I'm going to read it again. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Amen. I want you to notice this verse of Scripture. Before you see it, that I look at this passage of Scripture, and I'm looking at my Bible. Now, this Bible right here is Cambridge Bible. It was printed in England. It's King James. It's not an off-the-wall Bible. I mean, this is the oldest publishing company in the world. And I look at chapter 29, verse number 18, and at verse number 18, where it says, Perish, I have a six. And I look in the center column over here, and the Hebrew definition for perish is to be made naked. Now, I tell you what, that got my mind to looking. I thought, how could that possibly be a definition of the word perish? You can be seated. But I want you to look at this passage of Scripture I'm preaching on tonight, visions of redemption. Visions of redemption. 
Now, as you look at this passage of Scripture, I began to research into this, where there's no vision or revelation of God's Word, the people perish. Now, this word right here, vision, it means a revelation of divine guidance. If the people of God today do not see that God is at work, that He is doing something in this hour, that if we do not keep it presented before the church and our lives that God is redeeming this time, then we're going to lose all restraint. Now, there's a divine guidance, a purpose. So I began to look at this patch of Scripture, and I started looking at some of the different versions. I read King James most of the time, but I do look and compare it sometimes. And I look at this passage, I look to Amplified, where there's no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. The people run wild. They lose all restraint. I looked at this in the New King James, and it said, where there's no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he that keepeth the law. Now, I'm talking about visions of redemption. Visions of redemption. Now, when I read this passage of Scripture, and I read about where that he said, naked, I thought, how could that be? Perish, cast off restraint. If there's not a revelation that God is doing something, that he's not redeeming, that people come to the point to where that they began to just, what's the use? It's like eat, drink, be merry, take your credit card and max it out. There's nothing going to happen. Nothing's going to work out. We might as well just throw this away because if there's not a revelation of the redemptive work of God. And folks, I've got to know that there is a Redeemer, that God is working. Now, now amen, that, that you look at this passage. You say, well, this doesn't connect with this, but I'm talking about the definition of these Hebrew words right here. When there's no revelation of a Redeemer, that if we look at our world and it gets worse every day, the forecast is only worse and worse and worse. And then it seems like, well, what's the use? I've had people, you've heard people, some of you tonight be at the point, what, what's the use of all this? You know, it, it's not going to work out. I might as well just forget it, forget the marriage, forget everything else. What's the use? Well, there's not that redemptive revelation that God is at work. You remember the book of Exodus, whenever Moses brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of slavery, came through the Red Sea, came all the miracles that happened, and he brings them to Mount Sinai. And he comes and he leaves them there for 40 days. And he goes up on the mountain. Now, while he's gone, there seems to be no revelation that God's doing anything. They forgot about the miracle of the Red Sea. They forgot about the plagues. They forgot about all these things that were going on. And so now, what's the use of us here? And so suddenly, 40 days, they said this, as for this Moses. See, they look at him with contempt. He's not just some guy. Moses is the Redeemer. He's the one that brought you out of slavery. But because there's not before the people a revelation of God's redemptive power. Aaron comes by, and he says, Give me your gold. I'll build a golden calf. And so he builds this golden calf. Now Moses, as you know, he's on the mountain. 
Now, they didn't know it. Joshua's halfway up there. Moses is up there seeking God. He's up there, the glory of God, and God writes the Ten Commandments with His fingers, and He receives that. He picks it up, and He's taking it back. He meets meets, uh, Joshua, and Joshua comes, and he says, the sound of war down there. He said, that's not the sound of war. That's the sound of riotous living. I mean, they went wild. I remember that. I mean, they're... You know, they've, they've, they've stripped off naked. They're wild as they could be because there was no restraining revelation. Amen. Now, I look at this verse of Scripture. Now, I'm going to the Hebrew to tell you what I'm telling you. But it's there. It's there that there is no restraining force. If we as a church do not keep before us that God is at work in this world, we're going to be like them. Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible said that Moses endured as seeing him who was invisible. How did Moses stand all those people? How did he deal with all he was going through? The Bible said he saw him that was invisible. He saw as Christ. He saw this Christ is what he saw. And folks, tonight, we've got to see this. We've got to keep this vision here inside of our lives. When I saw this, it opened up in my mind so many passages of Scripture. I saw this whenever through the history. You know, folks, it's a bad time. It's worse than it was last year. Definitely worse than it was the year before. And, and the forecast doesn't look so good. But this Bible is a reliable world history. Amen. Praise God. This Bible is not only a reliable world history, it forecasts the future. Amen. Now, I look at the periods of time. I began to search and look, and then I saw the time of Noah. I look at the time of Noah in Romans chapter 1, the Bible said it was so ungodly that God gave them up. And the Bible speaks about this. But there was a man named Noah who had a revelation of redemption. You see, he saw this. What did Noah do? He built an ark. See, those Ten Commandments, when Moses brought them down, they were not just rules. They were guidelines for life. Now they had guidelines for redemption when he built that ark. See, he said redemption. That world that he lived in is going to perish just like our world is going to perish. And what did he do? He built an ark for the saving of his house. And I'm telling us tonight, we've got to have a revelation of the redemptive power of God for our hour of which we're living. If not, we're going to say, what's the use? Why do anything else? Just forget it and wait till the end comes. Wait till all these things happen. That the, a crisis is not a new thing to the church. The church of Jesus Christ was born in the fire. The church was born in oppositions. God's people have always been confronted by terror and opposition. Always. Here we are at the latter end. Yet they stood with God and they found themselves equal to any crises where the spiritual presence of the church and a materialistic world. But that church, these people, they withstood during that time. This is a time of crises all over the world. 
in that crisis encompass the church. There's a temptation tonight to change course in a crisis. But we cannot alter the objective set before us. Let us rise up and go forth under the things of Christ. Amen. There has to be this revelation of God's Word. That I'm not talking about a sentimental view of the future. Well, it's going to work out by and by. But I'm talking about a faith in a God that has a purpose. Folks, tonight, God's got a purpose. Some of you are going through some trials. Some of you have been in it a long time. Some of you have come and say, what's the use out of all of this? You know, people come and they can try to encourage you. And, and that's great. But people sometimes cannot imagine where you're at tonight. And it takes more than just a fireside chat. It takes more than a little encouragement. You know, this passage of Scripture, where there's no vision, the people perish. I've always heard, now that's your dream out there, and you pursue that dream. Now, we use this Scripture to raise money to build buildings. We use this Scripture to get money. Now, I tell you folks, it takes money to build a building. It takes money to keep the church going. It takes money to keep missionaries on the field. But that's not what this Scripture is talking about. When he said where there's no vision, means a redemptive comprehension of what God is doing in this earth. Some people have said God's absent. He's not doing anything. You've prayed and you've prayed and you've prayed and nothing has happened. It seemed like the heavens are silent. You did everything the preacher said to do. You've done all, everything exactly. You've believed. You've trusted. You've prayed. You've confessed. You've done all of this. And nothing happened. And the devil says, well, there's no use anymore. But you see, like Moses, like Noah, seeing this. Folks, we will use the word pre-tribulation. We are right now pre-tribulation. This is not the tribulation. There's not the mark of the beast yet. But folks, in my lifetime, I've never seen it more pre-tribulation than it is right now. What's happening? This world is getting ready for the tribulation. This whole system is being set up. I mean, the whole thing is being conditioned, set up, but I still believe and a rapture that's about to happen at any time. Praise God. Not appointed under wrath. Pray that you may be worthy to escape all these things. But I'm living, we're living at the edge. We're seeing it getting more and more. But there must be held in front of us a redemptive knowledge that God is at work. Our Redeemer lives. Amen. Where there's no redemptive revelation, the people perish. They throw aside restraint. They throw aside all of their restraints. But I look at this thought of redemption. I love that word redemption. Oh, I tell you, redeemed. How I love to sing it. Amen. Who am I? I'm redeemed. Been bought with a price. Redeemed. Redeemed. Since I'm talking about a few uh, words in the original language, amen, I thought all my life that King James wrote this, but I realized it was Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, amen. Now, I don't know all them guys, but I got books and people, and I got a friend in Israel, and call up, and he can tell me what this means, these verses. 
But I, I look and I think about redeemed. Agarasso. I'm not speaking in tongues. That's Greek. That means redeemed. I bought. It means he bought you. He bought your soul. Like going to the slave market. Bought with a price. Ex agarasso. That's the next word. It means bought out of slavery. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't just buy me, pay for my sins. He bought me. And he took me home. Praise God. And the third one is lutro. That means he loosed you. Amen. Praise God. Amen. There's all three words can be translated or translated redeemed in your Bible. Lutro. He didn't just bring you and we'll come on in here with your bondage. He said, I'll bring you home and I'll take the handcuffs off of Praise God. What a redeemer. What a redeemer that we serve. Hallelujah. Oh, the power of that redemption for this mess that we're in. And some of you are facing tonight. It's going to take a mighty redeemer to ever come into your life and make sense of what you're going through. Honestly, you can say it don't make sense. We can just say, well, I'm living by faith. Everything's just going to work out. Any of these days you say this doesn't make any sense. Amen. The ungodly are prospering. The ungodly is not sick. The ungodly has got everything going. Amen. The devil come by and get on your shoulder. You spent all your life. You spent 40 years. And this is what you get. You spent this. This is what you get here. You gave your money. You paid your tithe. You prayed. And your kids, they called and they're in jail. You've done all this. He said, devil come by. In the Bible, the man named Asap. He wasn't a sap. That was just his name. That's a beautiful name in the Hebrew. But don't name your son that, please. Name him Sue, but don't name him Asap. Asap, he was the worship leader. Amen. He'd been up here jumping and dancing, kicking his heels every Sabbath. But he looked around, he said, this is not fair. He said, this is not fair at all. He said, the ungodly prosper, they never have no trouble. He said, all I got is trouble. It's all I got is trouble. And he said, I mean, he said, I, about, I almost said something, Asap said, but it hurt your kids. I don't want the young people to see what I really feel like. That's why you sent them to the back a while ago, because you don't want to know. How bad it is, how bad you feel. Asap said, I'm quitting, hanging up the harp. I'm going to hang up the horn. I'm going to go in Sabbath and tell David I'm through because it don't work. It's wrong. All these people, they make me sick. They cuss, they lie, they steal, they cheat. And they get by everything. And I just have trouble. But then he said, I went to the sanctuary. And I saw their end. Oh, I tell you what, there's not a sinner out there I trade places with. Amen. I don't care how rich they are. Hallelujah. I wouldn't trade places with one of them. 
Amen. And he said, I come to my senses, the redemptive power of God. That, that this God says he's a redeemer. Buy it. Can he take it and buy it? Joseph, in the Old Testament, you know the story. Joseph, seeing the redemption power of God, young man, he's betrayed by his brothers, sold into slavery, lied by, on a, by a woman. He's accused of rape falsely and sent to prison and sits in a prison. Nothing right, but, he, but he's there. Joseph, why did you run off from that woman? Why didn't you just go ahead? Not right what's been done to you. You deserve it, what you've been through. Joseph, why? See why? Because Joseph, before he was in this prison, before he was sold into slavery, he had dreams from God. Not just a visionary, but he had redemptive dreams. A young man, he said, I don't understand all that God has showed me. He didn't have the Bible like you got it, but he had a revelation of redemption. The revelation of redemption. Praise God. He's there in that place, in that dark dungeon. You know the story, and I won't belabor it, but he is set free and becomes a second man in Egypt. He saves his father's house, which was and would be the nation of Israel. Then Jacob, through the years, and the old man dies. And then Joseph's brothers come by. And they're, they're afraid that Joseph's going to take vengeance in Genesis chapter 50. And Joseph said to them, Fear not, for I am, I'm not, am I in the place of God, but it's for you. You thought it evil against me. But God meant it under the good. To bring to pass that is this this day to save much people alive. Now therefore fear ye not, for I will nourish you and your little ones and comfort you. But he said, You meant it for my harm. Oh, I tell you folks, Sometimes it takes a long time to ever see it work, don't it? He's in that place. In his mind, he's thinking, everything I believe is not working. I tell you what, he had some lonely, scary nights in that jail. He had some times, he, he wondered. Some of you are wondering tonight, how come? How come? I've believed God, I've prayed, I've spoken tongues, I've done everything, and, and God gave me a word. He gave Joseph a word, but it was a redemptive word. Joseph has taken and made vice president, second in command, and God gives him a wife, an Egyptian woman. She has a baby named Manasseh. What do you know what Manasseh means? Joseph said, I'm naming him Manasseh because... He made me forget. See, folks, how many know it's a blessing when you can forget a lot of the stuff that's been done to you? Amen. Praise God. That you may even remember it at a time, but it don't hurt you anymore. Joseph looked at Manasseh and he said, I know my brothers lied. I know that woman lied. I know I was betrayed. He put his arm around that little guy and said, But I think about you, son. You know, I've had a lot of my family die. But I do what? God's given me more. I was driving along with one of my grandsons. I've got two. I've got three granddaughters and two grandsons. We're driving along, and they're that age. They talk, talk in that, that car. Love it. I mean, that, that, they just talk, talk. Seven years old. Papa, where's your mom and daddy? Where's your grandparents? I said, they're dead. Oh, really? Well, well uh, where's your 
Do you have any brothers? I said, they're dead. My sister. You have a sister? I'd like to meet her. She's dead. And that little guy reached across that seat and put his arm around me. He said, I'm so sorry, Papa. You know what I said? He said, that's, I said, you know what? Having you and the others, I don't even feel that anymore. Amen. I said, you, you came in. And I said, you feel that spot. I miss them. They've gone to heaven. But I said, you're Manasseh is what I thought. How many know God will give you a Manasseh? Amen. And then in, in that trouble, he'll give, you, he'll give you Ephraim. Ephraim, I was made fruitful in the land of my affliction. Amen. Oh, Joseph over here, it's not the same as growing up with dad at home. But he said, God put me in this place. And he said, God used it to save many souls. I tell you, folks, how many know there's a redeeming power of God? Amen. Praise God. God is not surprised at where you're at tonight. Hear what I'm saying? He's not surprised where you're at. He's not surprised where you're going to be tomorrow. But he's still faithful and he's still powerful. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He'll reveal to you. And, and here Joseph said, Joseph said, I now can see God let all this happen to bring me to save this nation. Amen. Well, I tell you what, we long for those days. But I tell you what, he had to wait. There's a permissiveness to the redemption power of God. There's times that God permits. You know, I read the book of Job. I read it fear and trembling. I've had people say, I'm like Job. I thought, you fool. I didn't say it. I said, you couldn't hold Job's shoes. You couldn't. Uh, you hurt feelings because somebody made fun of you. Got this, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't you call yourself Job. You're going to want to find that out. Job. Job. Oh, man. Uh, what, what a, in the Bible. You know, the, like these word of faith people, they have a hard time with Job. You know, uh, they'd say, you know what, Job had all this trouble? Because he feared. Who in this house hasn't feared? No. That horror didn't happen to Job because he, was, he feared. It happened because God had confidence in him. Amen. Don't worry, God don't have that confidence in any of you. That much. Not enough to say, hey, devil. Hey, devil, did you see this one over here? He said, yeah. He said, he loves me. He said, oh, God, he just wants what he gets out of you. Oh, he, just, he just serves you because you blessed him and you blessed him. And he said, God, you take that fence away around him. I'll, I'll do what, he'll curse you to your face. Now, God's never wrong. So he said, here, you can do anything but kill him. Whoa. Oh, I tell you what, this man Job had a special place with God, didn't he? You know the story, lost his family, lost his children, lost his health, all these kind of things. Now, the Bible said God, Job didn't accuse God falsely, but you read this book closely. He said, God, I don't understand. Permissive. Job's three friends and the fourth one said, you sinned. You sinned. Now, I know what your problem is, and one old boy had a dream. You ever notice people have these stupid dreams and they think for sure they're from God? 
Amen. Job said, I don't care if you had a dream. You're guilty because I had a dream about you. And so here's, here's Job. Oh, Job. Oh, all this trouble. Now, did he say, well, it's all going to work out the by and by. No, this trial went on and Job said, God, I don't understand this. He didn't say, oh, well, it'll be okay. Job, and Job's here with his friends, Job chapter 19. And he said, he said, I just know this. Now, the fact that the Almighty chose him to go through this, aren't you glad he didn't choose you? But chose Job to go through this. Job had a revelation of the redemptive power of God. He didn't have the Bible. He didn't have the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He's even before Abraham. This is how old this is. But he knew God. The Bible says, Job said, Job 19, 25, For I know that my Redeemer liveth. Can somebody say amen? And that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold it, not another, though my reins be consumed within me. He said, he said these words, he said, I, I don't know, he said, I just know my Redeemer. I know God's able to redeem all of this. My Redeemer, not just heaven someday, but my Redeemer. His life is torn apart. He's sitting in ash heap, scraping these old boils and, and pus and blood and risings and fever and redness and three, four tormentors come by. And Job, repent, Job, repent, Job, repent. And Job said, I, I wish I could put God on the witness stand. I wish I could put the Almighty and I would cross-examine him as a lawyer, and he wouldn't know how to answer me. I do you folks, you say he shouldn't have thought that, but haven't you thought that in some way or another? He said, I, I, I'd like to just ask God. So he didn't, he said he didn't have a, a daysman, the King James says. A daysman's intercessor. That's somebody you talk to, and they go talk to them, and they come back and they talk to you. Hey, no, we have an intercessor. We have everything Job wanted to have. We have a Redeemer so powerful, so personal. Amen. All of these things that is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. I may have said this last time I was here when he said, touch the feelings of our infirmities is not Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. I have discovered that troubles and pain, sickness, it has a it has a feeling that goes with it. I don't mean just the sickness. He is touched with the feelings. Doctor, you know somebody's sick a long time. It affects them. It, it changes you. And he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Can you say amen? The compassionate. Job didn't know the feel of the Holy Spirit coming on him and Christ and the power of God to wrap his arms around him like we do. Whenever you're there and you feel that comforter come and you, you say, I don't know what just happened, but I feel a strength inside of me. I feel this strength. 
So he said, God, I'd put you on the witness stand. Chapter 42. And Job and his friends, this talk goes on and on. Job's friends, they tell everything how God's like. You ever know some people tell you, oh, God's like this, God's like that, this is like that. You know, Job told these three friends, he said, now when you die, wisdom will depart from the earth. You know what that means? You're a know-it-all. And he said, and so this, all this ugly scene's going on. And Job looks into the distance, and he sees a black cloud coming. Now, Louisiana, you have these tornadoes just like we do. And he saw in that black cloud come in the distance, the lightning. He, he saw and he felt the wind off of it. Are you a true Texan? We can smell a tornado coming. Really. I can tell by the cloud, and you can too. Job saw, now the Bible said a whirlwind. It don't mean a dust devil. It means a tornado. You know what I'm talking about. And it's coming. Coming right toward Job and his friends. And it comes in and it touches down. And a voice comes out of it and said, Who is he? Who is he that dares to tread without knowledge? Who is he that dares to speak without understanding? Job, you want to talk to me? Job put his hands over his mouth. He said, Job, where were you at? When I created the foundation of the world, he's getting a revelation of the redemptive God. Where were you at when I made the moon, the stars? Where were you at when I told the sun to come up and I told the moon to go down? Where were you at when I made ostriches? Where were you at? Can you, can you make a man? Can you do any of these things? Can you? See what God did with Job. He gave him he gave him an understanding of the majestic ability of God. Amen. What a mighty God. That you know, folks, how many know there's some things our mind is not capable of comprehending? And, and Job and God said, Pray for your three friends. God did God redeem him? He gave him twice as much as he lost. Amen. There, there's a there is the revelation of this redemption. See, without this revelation, as I said, people perish. They go wild. Probably when I read the text, you're thinking, oh, where's he going with that? I, I, I don't blame you. But I tell you the fact, it, this vision is not just a, your dream going to be fulfilled out there and you chase your dream. Without a revelation, without a knowledge of redemption, that God is at work in this earth, we're, we're gone. And there's a lot of pulpits, a lot of people, that there's no revelation of a, redeem, of a redeemer whatsoever. That, that it's time. We're, we're back at this time. I look at Genesis. I, I look at different places, and, and we were there. During the time of Samuel, the Bible says with Samuel, it says that, let me just read it real quick. And it said that, and the child Samuel ministered before the Lord, and Eli, and the word of the Lord was precious in those days. There was no open vision. In the time when Samuel was brought to the temple, Eli the priest, it was a terrible time. The whole thing of Israel was gone into idolatry and to false worship. All of this was happening. There was no redemptive revelation of God. 
Everybody decided God's quit, God's give up, God's moved on. So let's just have orgies, let's just have a wild party, let's just forget God. Eli's two sons, the high priest, the Bible said they're having sex with prostitutes in front of the temple door. I mean, it, this thing is just shot. It's just gone. It, it's just like nothing. But I tell you, God's still not through. All he needs is one person to have a revelation of redemption. Of one person to have a revelation that God's at work. Now, you know, I want to tell this story, because I know you know it probably. But Eli, he is just so backslid, so far from God. He's gained so much weight, his eyes are dim. He just ignores the sun spiritually. He's blind. God doesn't talk to him. And then a woman across town. Do you ever notice God's always working on the other end? You know this, God's always working on the other end where you don't know. I mean, all of this, you look say, there's no open vision. There's no revelation of redemption. Nothing. It goes on and on. And that's where we're coming tonight. It's where we are. And across town, there's a woman, and she comes up to the temple, her and her husband and the other wife, and she wants a baby. She can't have one. The other wife, she can just have them all day long. And so... Hannah, she goes in the temple. She prays. She's not like us. She's a silent prayer. She's moving her lips. She goes first Baptist. She don't go to first New Testament. Amen. And so, and so here, he, she's got, he, hey, woman, you drunk or something? You're in here just moving your mouth and you're not saying nothing. I'm not drunk. He thought every other woman coming here is drunk. He said, what do you want? She said, I want a baby. I told God, if he'd give me a son, I'll give him a prophet. He said, nine months, you'll have one. She went back, told her husband, said, the priest said, I have a baby in nine months. Nine months, got him, got him weaned. I don't mean just a little, I mean, he, he's on his own. And he, she said, I need to take him up. I don't know what's wrong with God. The man said, you take him on, on up there. So she brings Eli, got him a coat, brings him first day. Uh, he's come here to stay. I'll loan him to God forever. What's well, a pretty good loan, isn't it? I'll loan him to God forever. And so he's got his little lunch. He goes in. Eli says, good, I got me a houseboy around here, kind of clean up this mess, you know, sweep the floor. Don't you like that first night? Kind of dark. I mean, evidently him and Mama are very close. He's in there, and he's got that little bed, and he's got that little nightstand, that little candle, and the old man's going to bed, and, and he's, he's in there, and he's an obedient boy. Samuel, comes running in there. You call me. I didn't call you, but I'll tell you who's calling him. Revelation of Redemption's calling him. I tell you what, don't give up. Some of these kids are going to hear exactly what I'm talking about. Praise God. Second, I, the old man said, going back to bed. I didn't call you. Come back the second time. You call me. No, I didn't. He's a good kid, but I wish he'd go to sleep. He's just nervous because Mama's not here. Well, don't you know in that dark of them covers pulled up to here? I don't know about you. I'd been shaking underneath that uh, blankets, wouldn't you? Third time. Samuel, go back in there. You called me. The old man, now finally. See, redemption so far gone. He had no revelation of redemption, Bob. Next time you hear from him, you say, your servant's here. Speak. Sure enough, that darkness came. 
And that voice said, Samuel. He said, your servant hears. And God talked to him all night. God talked to him all night. Amen. I tell you, folks, the story here, I won't take time to read it, but the Bible said that God made himself known to Samuel. I read in here, it said Samuel didn't know the Lord, but the Lord knew Samuel. How do you, folks, God knew before me before I knew him. Hallelujah. There's some people tonight, maybe in this service, and you don't know God, but he knows you. And he wants you. Amen. He wants you. Praise God. Amen. A revelation of this God. Amen. The, the vision was restored through Samuel. And there'd be a day that Samuel, an old man, would lay them hands a little boy named David. You understand what that means? You talk about he was raised up with a revelation of redemption as a boy, but he didn't know it till he was an old man. And he lay hands on a little boy named David who would be the ancestor of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Praise God. How many know he's a redeemer? Lifetime. Lifetime. A lifetime. All this revelation is a plan of redemption. You know, the cross seems foolish to them that don't believe. I don't mean just the wooden beam here. I'm talking about what Jesus did at the cross. The bloody crucifixion, horror, murder of Jesus. Now, the world looks at it and says, well, okay. He died on the cross. Some of them say, well, that's bad. Who cares? But see, they don't see it. But to us who believe, it's a revelation of eternal life. Amen. Praise God. It's a revelation of eternal life. When I recognize what Jesus has done, it is this redemption. Praise God. Amen. The preaching of the cross to them that perish is foolishness. But to us that believe or save, it is the power of God. Amen. You know, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. Amen. You know, going to Hebrews chapter 2, I talk about redemption. And if you go through a real trial, I don't mean just bad. I don't mean just money. Folks, if, if money can solve your problem tonight, you don't have the worst problem. You say, oh, no, no. If money can solve your problem tonight, I'm sure you need it. But if that can solve your problem, you don't have the worst problem in the house. If you've got a problem tonight and all the money in the world can't solve it, you've got a problem. But, you know, you think about, God, I bring not only my soul, I bring my life to you to, for you to redeem this situation. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse number 8. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet. For in that he hath put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see yet not all put under him. But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of the death, of death crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God should taste death for every man. Amen. See, he's saying... Everything's under his feet. Tonight, whatever's over my head is under his feet. And I can say, 
He is triumphant. But you know what, folks? I can tell you right now, I don't see everything under Jesus' feet. Do you in your life? You still got troubles? But I tell you what, what do you see? You see Jesus. Amen. You see Jesus. You look to Him. Amen. You look to Him. You know, tonight, you go to church. We're, we're, we're right. We're close to end time. We're there, not just close. But we are facing the spirit of Antichrist. Now, th- that's obvious. You know, with the crazy laws that's happening, the politics, the, the loss of freedom, the loss of all these things, it lets you know that we are facing the spirit of Antichrist. But I want to tell you something. I, I read in the book of Revelation, turn over that last book, and I read about a people who were not just fighting the spirit of Antichrist. They fought the mark. They fought the devil himself. They fought the Antichrist eyeball to eyeball, and they had the victory. Praise God. Amen. If those people I read about, if they could face Satan face to face, and we're just facing spirits, which is bad enough, but they faced him. Now, the rapture we go and don't plan to get saved after you miss it. But there are going to be people that never heard this gospel. A lot of people of Israel is going to hear there going to be gospel, angels preaching during that time. There are going to be people saved in the tribulation. It's not a backside that said here and decided to get saved later or something. Those that didn't hear the gospel. But there will be people, they're going to face the Antichrist himself. They're going to face the devil himself. Revelation chapter 15. Now, I, I, was, I was reading this, and I thought, oh, hallelujah. They overcame not just the spirit of, but the person of. Hallelujah. And they overcame by the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, love not their lives unto death. But I want to show you a different scripture. Revelation chapter 15, verse 2. John said, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name. Stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, and they sang the song of Moses, the servant of God. And and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Now, folks, look at this. He said, And they got the victory. They got the victory over him. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. I don't know if that connected with you or not, but I want to say amen for you. Amen. It's extreme time, but we have the power of the Holy Ghost that is extreme. Amen. Awake thou that sleepeth, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light, so that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, redeeming the time, for the days are evil. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, could you just lift your hands a moment and praise Him? Could you just worship Him here with me tonight? Praise God. A revelation of the redemptive power of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, tonight somebody here. Somebody here. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Somebody need to hear this tonight. Hallelujah. To know this tonight. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I tell you folks, this Redeemer, that, that, that it comes down to, we don't just read the Bible, we're, we're living 
in the time. Written 2,000 years ago, New Testament. And, and the martyrs. Did you know most of those disciples were killed? They faced this world like we're facing. The Apostle Paul and the others. But, but come and, and all of this. What, what to do? A revelation, God. I just got to know that you're at work. If we don't keep this before us, you'll throw off restraint. Somebody may have come tonight thinking, I don't feel like there's any use. I might as well just live it up. I might as well just forget this thing and, uh, just, you know, it's not going to work out anyway. So whatever time we got left, let's just have a party, you see. But if you keep that revelation, redemption, revelation of redemption, knowledge of God, I don't know. Joseph, I don't know, he said, but I know what God told me. Amen. Noah said, I know there's a flood coming. I'm building an ark. Amen. Amen. Moses come down with the Ten Commandments. He said, here's a redemptive message from God. I mean, folks, I've got to keep it. This church preaches. I preach it. Other preachers preach it. But you've got to keep it before yourself. There's a revelation. I don't know God. Job said, I don't know. I've heard of him by the hearing of the ear. But now I know him for myself. I tell you, until you, you're, you've been really sick, you can talk about him being a healer. But when he heals you, you know it. Whenever your whole family's been torn apart, and, and you can say, well, he works all things together for the good, and he does. But then you say, I know. I heard about it, and I believed it. But now I know. Tell me what that is. That's redemptive knowledge. That's redemptive knowledge. Amen. Our Redeemer lives. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy here, and, and, and he talks about him here. I want to read just a verse of Scripture that I wanted to make sure and say it just right. That, you know, what do we do? Tonight we commit ourselves to God. Commit thyself unto God as a faithful creator. Nothing else. We say but nothing else we can do is pray. Amen. Who knows what's coming? Amen. We know the fiery furnaces are ahead. We know this world. I mean, it's China's gearing up. Russia's gearing up. We've been sold up the river in our own government. All the things that are happening and, and all this. But what do we do? Got to commit myself to you. Verse 12. For thee which cause also suffer these things. Nevertheless. Anytime you hear Paul say, nevertheless, listen to him. He'll give you a list of perils. And he'll say, nevertheless. Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed that I believe God. I'm not em embarrassed. Well, you believe God, didn't you? Look what happened. Paul said, I'm not em em embarrassed that I believe God. For I know whom I have believed. He didn't say, I know in whom. He said, I know whom. We add that. No, he said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. That day. That day is not just a bad day. That's the day hell marked his calendar to take you out. 
devil's told me these last two years, you praise God now. Let's see you praise God. Going from chemo to operations to sick and problems and other things. Oh, you praise God. You praise God when you got all your bills paid. Now let's see you praise God. You know what I've had to do, brother? I've just had to say praise God. Amen. Devil? Yes. Amen. Praise Him through tears. Amen. Oh, what a Redeemer. How many know your God tonight is the same God that Joseph had? Same God Abraham had. He's the same God Moses talked to in the burning bush. He's the same God Job said, I know Him now. He's the same God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This, this God. Amen. I, I, I'm, you know, it blesses me. I read not just stories, but this, He is my God. Paul said, I'm persuaded. Persuaded means that some things had to happen to get there. You know, I mean, it didn't just read it and watch it on television. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded. Here tonight, some of you need to commit it to God. He said he's able to keep that which you commit. What is that? Anything. It's your soul if you're lost. But whatever it is, Lord, I commit this. I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Amen. Our Redeemer's coming. Amen. Paul said he loved me and he gave himself for me. And I'd like to add, and he's coming back for me. Amen. He's coming back for me. He's coming to the church, and he's also going to come for the church. But here tonight, able to keep that which you committed unto him. How many tonight are ready to commit that to him? That you're in your heart right now, committed unto him as a faithful creator. Let's stand together, if you would, tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, I just thank you tonight. Lord God, we praise you. Lord God, that there's a revelation of redemption. Lord God, not just a dream of a vision, something. But Lord God, let us keep before us. Lord God, our Redeemer. Lord God, let it always be before us. You're able to redeem this life and the things that come into it. Here tonight, you want to commit it to God? I want you to come to these altars. They're open tonight. Come in. Let's talk to God here tonight. You need prayer. We're here to pray. Amen. Bring it to God. He's able to keep it. Come on, folks. Let's move in these altars. Let's come in. Let's seek God here. Praise God. I want to ask you tonight, you come in and you've got something and you say, I want to, somebody pray with me. Maybe it's a child, you want to commit him to God, husband, a wife, your body. You need prayer. Come on up and let us pray with you. Amen. Praise God.